welcome to our next episode of Let's Talk Talent. Hey. Joe. Hey, I'm joined once again by Joe. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Excellent. Um, first, a big shout out to some of you listeners that fed back on our previous um, podcast around leadership development. It was really nice to, to receive some of that feedback. So uh, thank you. Um, if you've not had a chance to listen to that podcast, um, do have a look. It's on the website. It's on iTunes. Um, have a look and say we've got some really good feedback on that one. So, um, yeah, do have a listen. Um, so, Joe, another topic for you. Um, as I mentioned on our last podcast, we, we discussed leadership development. This week, I wanted to pick your brains on high potentials. Okay. Um, so, again, and I know I keep been keep delving into our recent research, but, um, again, some of, the, some of the interesting data from our research, I was, stag- I was staggered to see that, of HR leaders don't believe their high potential employees feel confident and positive for their longer term opportunities within their business. Okay. Um, Which I was thought was a bit of a crazy, crazy number considering how much companies are investing um, Mm. in high potential programs. So first question, actually two questions, um, what are the drivers of of high potential? And then is, is the high potential program dead within organisations. Okay, so let's let's start with the first question, which is kind of drivers for potential. And I fundamentally believe that everyone has potential. Yeah. So I really hate when companies um, put it in a nine-box grid and use high, medium and low and suddenly say, well, you know, one year you're high potential and the next minute you're uh, medium. I mean, what... I mean, it's, it's mad. I mean, you, you're laughing, yeah. and honestly, when you sort of think about the question, it's, it's, it's really mad. So I think, you know, if you start with the principle that everybody has potential, then really what you're trying to answer is potential for what? Yeah. So have you got potential to be a leader, so the next CEO of the business or MD of a, of a business? Do you have growth potential, so growth potential within your particular specialism? So for me... Could I be an HRD um, as well as a talent director, as well as a head of awards? So you're kind of grow, growing me within that, yeah. um, my specialism. And then I think it's sort of subject matter experts, so the expert potential. So you tend to see that a lot in tech businesses or you know finance, for example, um, or engineering. And neither one is high, medium and low. You're measuring it on kind of complexity, yeah. And your and value that, that person is adding to the business. So you're already flipping the conversation from whether I'm in a box, yeah. high, medium, and low, to much more about potential for what. Yeah. And when you're assessing that, I'd look at four things. I would look at first of all, drive. So, you know, do you are you a person that strives to make things better? Are you determined and focused? Do you really love challenges? The second is impact. You know, how do you socially and culturally adapt? Um, do you connect? Are you flexible um, in your approach? The third is around insight. Can you join the dots at speed? Do you bring fresh insights to the to the business? Are you strategic? In fact, that one is. And then the fourth, I think, for me, separates the kind of leadership potential to growth potential is curiosity. And that's about your hunger for new knowledge, you're open-minded, you're always learning. 
and the and the people that I think go far in businesses are where they all have a balance and they're not just driven they have a natural curiosity to make things better so in answering your second question is the high potential program dead yes it is <laughs> quite clearly yes because we're measuring the wrong things yeah we're measuring we're measuring inputs rather than outputs and we're setting up people to fail because we're not saying or helping people so it's not about saying or articulating mm. it's about a lot giving people the guide rails to get them to where they need to be potential measuring potential is about the speed in which you move somebody and showing them a plan yeah rather than sticking them in a box and sticking them on a program and then setting themselves up to fail because basically they didn't want to do it they weren't ready and the person that's managing them isn't sure why they're with them anymore it's really interesting because i mean all i ever hear about is high potentials as you say and it's crazy that people are getting classified like that have you have you got any examples of organizations that take the approach that you suggest so while I haven't worked with these businesses, um, I've definitely read about their approaches, and I'd probably say Pentland Brands. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. They've got an acquisition business, and they've got multiple brands within Pentland, um, and they've used it as a way of moving people across the brands and kind of getting that diversification sort of globally. Um, I believe the Whitbread Group um, have um, used this approach. Um, I think... Also, Boopa. Um, okay, yeah. Um, I know piloted this with a partner that I've um, worked with previously in their Australia business. Um, so I think there are businesses that are doing it really well because they're answering the fundamental question potential for what? Yeah. Um, and then they're making really strategic decisions that are owned not by HR but are owned by the leadership team. So, they, so they, they calibrate their talent in both a regional or a global or a local um, level and then they actively keep coming back to that throughout the year so that they can see, you know, ha, you know has that person moved into that role that we're putting them mm. into? How are they doing? And then they make investment decisions on leadership development, which we talked about yeah. before, um, coaching, um, L&D, um, recruitment, so their workforce planning is linked to um, this. So I think those are the businesses that I know of that are doing this particularly well. Now for some of our listeners that listen to this now and hopefully are thinking, oh my God, this, this rings true, our high potential programs, you know, we're not approaching this in the right way. Are there quick fixes for organisations or is it, no, you, you need to totally bin your, what you're doing now and start again. Or is there some advice you could give to organisations that obviously invested a considerable amount of their budget into a high potential programme that yeah. like what you're saying? Yeah. Are there some kind of quick, you know, here's some, actually here's some things you could do which are quite easy? So, so I, think for, I think there are, um, and I think that what they would be, would be, first of all, look, go back to your business strategy. And think about, um, is there a need to look at this because you're about to go into a new territory? Um, don't just do this because you think you need to do it. There needs to be a 
question or a challenge that you need to answer. So look at, to look at what that business challenge is or yeah. the strategy. Go back to the roles. So think about the roles that we need going forward um, and think about the time frame in which you want to do that and then then start talking about the people. Yeah. So don't adopt, oh, well, we've got a nine-box grid and it's really complicated, so let's now go to a four-box grid. Think about it laterally and think about what you're trying. Again, like we talked about through the last two podcasts, go start from the end backwards and think about what's going to be different, what's the data that you need, who is the audience that's going to be engaging with it, and what are you going to do with it as a result of it, how are you going to communicate it. Um, So if someone is in a, I don't know, in a leadership, what's the deal? Who's having that conversation? Are you over-promising and under-deliver? So I think go... Even if you just want to take a step back and review it, start with the business, then your roles, then your people, and then your actions. Makes a lot of sense. And are there are there pitfall any pitfalls to avoid? Making it really complicated and making a, a huge process. Um, I mean, I'm sure the listeners have realised that over the last couple of po- podcasts, I really hate process, <laughs> and I kind of said do away with nine box grids and all of that. I'm, you know, I'm. I'm trying not to be too disruptive, but because I do think models help and they definitely help me in, in my career. But I think if you make it about a process, it's driving the wrong conversations and driving the wrong outputs. So for me, it's about having a conversation. And even if you just start between you as an HRD and the CEO, having a conversation about some people, that that's, that's just as good as devising a process. That makes a lot of sense. Joe, thank you. As always, <laughs> running short time. We have to we have to extend the length of these, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but no, thank you again. Really, really valuable um, to our listeners. Um, if you've got any uh, issues, challenges that you want Joe to tackle um, and get her thoughts and advice on, um, please do let us know. Just 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 send us an email. Um, you can contact us directly through the website. Let's talk town. Um, otherwise, we look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you.